0: This is the Ball Talk Pod Evan Kinzer, starting now. Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Ball Talk Pod with Evan Kinzer. On today's show, Mercury News Warriors Insider Mark Medina joined the show. Mark, thanks for coming on.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to
0: it. Well, I've been a Laker fan for a long time, so I remember when you covered the Lakers for the L.A. Daily News. And, by the way, you were always one of my favorite reporters.
1: Oh, I appreciate that. It means a lot.
0: Mark? Tell me how you prepared to cover a new team and how that whole transition was for you.
1: Well, uh, you know, there's not too much of a transition just because you're entrenched at the NBA. You know all the storylines and familiar with all teams. And, you know, when you look, as you know, with the Lakers, there's so many overlapping connections with, you know, Luke Walton being a former Warriors assistant and him having relationships with a lot of those uh, core players and with Warriors coach Steve Kerr. Um, you know, last season, Nick Young wound up joining the team for a season. Um, so there were some familiar faces. I had also had some face time with some of the Warriors All-Stars over the years um, because of the Kobe Bryant farewell tour, because obviously Clay Thompson's dad is Michael Thompson. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, different overlapping storylines with Luke Walton trying to get some of those Warriors uh, guys to some of their young players, Draymond Green to Julius Randle, Kevin Durant, to Brandon Ingram, Andre Gledal, to Brandon Ingram, so there's a lot of familiarity, but there's no question that uh, in our field it is a relationship business, so uh, I just had to hit the ground running, try to get some face time, try to bring some ideas um, to compete against, you know, against a very other reputable writers that have been, you know, covering the team a lot longer than I did, but, you know, I, I feel like uh, it, it's been smooth sailing, and just trying to build off of that.
0: And they're also Pacific Division rivals, so you got them four times a year, so. You to cover those
1: yeah, four times a year, and I was thinking, okay, maybe this season they'll they'll meet in the playoffs, but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case here. So maybe, uh, you know, maybe next year if if the front office can get some some free agents with LeBron, but that remains to be seen.
0: Hopefully, okay. The latest news on the Warriors this week is bringing back starting center for their 2015 championship winning team, Andrew Bogut. Um, he was in the NBA, NBLs. NBL League with the Sydney Kings where he won MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. Mark, what do you think Bogut brings to this team?
1: He brings what Steve Kerr called an insurance policy. It's not like he's going to be playing the same kind of minutes he did when he was with the Warriors, you know, four seasons uh, during that that championship run in 2015, but when you're looking at this team where they're tested defensively, Demarcus Cousins is showing a lot of signs that he just does not have it on the defensive end for reasons beyond the fact that he's trying to get his conditioning up to snuff after being out for, you know, a good part of last year with his Achilles injury. So here they're thinking that uh, a guy can play 10 minutes a night maybe uh... depending on matchups depending on game circumstances um, but it's not going to be a, a lot of an integration process because he knows the Warriors' defensive system. He knows you know, most of the, the players there, most notably Draymond Green. So some of those defensive lapses when it comes to communication and rotations um, could be mitigated to some degree. And I think when you're looking at the Warriors uh, this season, they, they've been kind of going through this slog as they had last year where they're the defending champs. They're getting everyone's best shot. Uh, sometimes there's apathy during the regular season because they know it's not the same as it is during the playoffs. It can add a little bit of an extra spice, but to what extent, who knows? The the thought Going into this season, and when DeMarcus Cousins was returning, was he his integration was going to be something that keeps the team engaged, and you saw that keep the team engaged and before the NBA All Star break, um, and there was a lot of good early returns with what he showed given his circumstances, but that excitement has kind of faded off. I, I think the the larger pressing point is, you know, can the Warriors as a unit get their act together when it comes to putting together consistent performances and excelling defensively and You know, on one hand, you think, okay, is that really an element of concern? They've been in the finals for four consecutive years. Uh, You know, they've won two consecutive NBA championships with these all-stars. When you're adding Kevin Durant, but some of their learning curves this season don't simply have to do with complacency. It also has to do with the fact that they have a lot of young players on the back end of their rotation, and they have DeMarcus that they've been trying to integrate. So this year compared to last year, um, there's a lot more puzzle pieces to solve than just flipping the switch.
0: And There are some rumors about Marcin Gortat maybe joining the Warriors, but I like this signing of Bogut because, like you said, there's familiarity there, and he's also like DeMarcus. DeMarcus is a great passer, and also Bogut has always been a good passer throughout his career. And something that I think had really helped Bogut going to the NBL is he's actually got health now. He's been he's Throughout his career, he's always been um, injury-prone, but he's finally gotten healthy. Um, what do you think about how long? How do you do you think any injuries can mess with him this year?
1: Well, it's the NBA. It's professional sports. Injuries are always part of the game, but to your point about where he is right now, the Warriors say that he is fully healthy. They sent uh, Warriors' assistant general manager, Larry Harris, uh, to watch some of Andrew Bogut's games in Australia, and they, he walked away very encouraged with his play, his conditioning, and his health. And not only did that mean a lot that they were able to get the eye test and see that, but Larry Harris' Someone who's very familiar with Andrew Bogut. You may recall that he's the guy who drafted Andrew Bogut number one uh, when he was with the Milwaukee Bucks as their general manager in the tw- uh, 2005 NBA draft, and then he was very instrumental in the Warriors getting Andrew Bogut here in a trade. You know, at the time it was pretty controversial trading Monte Ellis to the Bucks for Andrew Bogut, but at that point they knew that they needed size. They knew that they needed to, uh, you know, pave the way for Steph Curry to be Steph. Curry and, and Clay Thompson as well. Um, so Larry Harris has a, a definitely a soft spot for, for um, Andrew Boga, but he's also very familiar with what he's shown throughout his career. So the fact that he came away encouraged with what he can do, I think speaks volumes. And also, again, it's under, the same, it's under a different set of circumstances. They're not going to be asking him to play rotation minutes to be starting. It's very situational-based, Um, You know, uh, I think when you're going to see Andrew Bogut is those situations where they're playing against a true center in the NBA, a Steven Adams, a Joel Embiid, uh, you know, uh, Rudy Gobert that doesn't mean he's gonna be starting. They're gonna be starting DeMarcus Cousins from here on out, but I think that this relieves some minutes for DeMarcus and also relieves, you know, some of those matchup problems that he's had guarding some of those true centers. And that also relieves the warriors of having to go for a lesser alternative. At times they've Put up, uh, you know, Jordan Bell and Kevon Looney all those guys, but they're frankly just undersized. Uh, even if they're trying hard and, and showing a lot of effort, it's just too hard of a task. And then you add in the fact that they are young and can make mistakes at times. So, under those pretenses, I think that the the, the Warriors are encouraged that this fifteenth roster spot signing, uh, you know, could at least make life easier for them.
0: And also Looney's been facing some injuries recently, so getting another big in the rotation and getting Looney getting Looney some insurance but also for DeMarcus will be good for them. Okay. Now-
1: yeah, and I, I, I do want to add real quick. Um, you know, Kevon uh, Looney is expected to play Friday's game against the Denver Nuggets. He did practice on Wednesday, so as of now, the Warriors thinking is this injury is behind him. It's it's uh, you know it's not serious, but I think the larger point what you made, insurance policy for the worst case scenario of maybe Looney's injury coming back up. But more importantly, for DeMarcus, with both his health and his limitations on the court.
0: Speaking of Demarcus, that was their big free agent acquisition this summer. They got him for they got him for the mid level exception, and he's done great, averaging fifteen and a half points a game. We go go along with eight boards and three assists. Mark, how much do you think he can help in the playoffs?
1: I think he can help tremendously offensively. Uh, Defensively, I'm still skeptical because his issues defensively are not just tied to his conditioning. Um, It's tied to his familiarity with his system and all the different lineup combinations, but also the fact that he's never really been known as a great defender to begin with. But I think what I've walked away in courage with DeMarcus is especially given given his circumstances Circumstances of being out with an Achilles injury, which you know as a Lakers fan can be devastating to a guy like Kobe Bryant. Um, Circumstances are different because he's younger and he's not the guy on the team. But I think given those... Uh, circumstances he's gone through, I think offensively he's good. He's a very good passer. He's a very good screen setter. I think for the most part, he's accepted his role that he's not going to be the guy as he was with the Sacramento Kings and the New Orleans Pelicans. And I think that every game that you've seen, he's become more and more comfortable with doing his work in the post, playing through contact. And I imagine that um, as meaningless, quote-unquote meaningless as these last regular season games might be, Uh, the most important thing is going to be how well he can build off of that. So I think once the playoffs start, you're going to see DeMarcus at his dominant best offensively, and then it comes down to will the Warriors use him the right way. The plus-minus numbers show that, you know, interestingly enough, uh, they're not really good as a unit with the five all-stars to open a game. But I I, uh, don't think that's so much of a DeMarcus problem as much as it's, you know, they're all starts being bored to open the games. And then also them trying to figure out what's the best way to use DeMarcus. I think that they've, to a fault, almost gone out of their way to try to find DeMarcus in the offense, get him going to the post, when the reality is the priority number one should be getting Steph Curry and Kevin Durant open looks. But I think that they will eventually figure that out. But the defensive end will obviously still be a question mark uh, from here on out.
0: And also, when you talk about Kobe having the Achilles injury, it's, that's a lot different from a guard and a big because Demarcus has never been that quick of a player. So, but Kobe, a lot of a lot of his dominance was because of his athleticism. So, Boogie's not losing a whole lot tearing his Achilles. I mean, it's going to hurt him some, but it's not like taking away his Westbrook speed or something. And also
1: yeah yeah it's an interesting question. I actually talked to some medical experts as well as his own dr. DeMarcus cousins doctor before his injury and there is not a consensus around medical circles on is this Injury more difficult for guards or bigs. I think you can make the case for both. To what you were saying with guards, you're running at a faster pace. Um, you're having to guard a lot of you know really good talent out on the perimeter, and that requires a lot of speed and agility and quickness. Uh, you know, not so much for bigs, but for bigs, you, you need to use power. You need to absorb pain. You need, in you know, in the in the paint, um, and you need to be able to use power whether it's dunking but there's not really an easy answer that uh, uh, are they're challenging for both positions I think that the the bigger variable is the age and fortunately for Demarcus he got hurt when he was 28 years old he's still in the prime of his career he wasn't what you know what Kobe was going through where tail end of his career and then he's coming back having to be the man on a on a roster that has Way too many holes to count. Here, DeMarcus is coming back as the fifth option on a team that has won three championships in the past four years and then two in a row because they had four all stars to begin with.
0: There's a couple things that's kind of concerning with DeMarcus. He's not, in his career, he's not really been on a winner, so he doesn't, he's never played in the playoffs. Last year, he made the playoffs with the Pelicans, but unfortunately, he had that Achilles injury that. Knocked him out early, and also, but this year he's been struggling with his three pointers. Last year he was about 35% from three, and this year he's below 25%. Do you think he can get his three-point stroke going in the season? <laughs>
1: I think so, but I also wonder how much that, that conditioning and, and him feeling tired after all these games has caught up to him. Interestingly enough, when he came back from his Achilles injury, he was actually shooting the three ball pretty well. Uh, you know, part of it is that teams were leaving him wide open because they don't want Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson to have those open shots. But yes, he needs to hit those threes because he's gonna be given uh you know, wide open looks because of all the that talent around him. And he's gonna have to take them. So I think the I think the bottom line when you're evaluating DeMarcus is is as long as the return that he provides offensively Vastly offsets any deficiencies he shows defensively. The Warriors won out on this signing, and I think at the beginning of his return, there was no question that he changed the team. He helped the team with the adrenaline rush, with keeping them engaged, and also what he's done offensively. But I think it's faded uh, recently, where even if he's still doing good things offensively, it's been it hasn't been enough a to help the Warriors win games consistently, and it hasn't been enough to offset all the weaknesses that we've already talked about defensively. But I think that uh, these last stretch of games is going to get him prepared for him to do that in the playoffs.
0: And there's a, The big story surrounding the team this year has been the Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson's impending free agency. And there's been rumors that uh, Clay might go to the Lakers if they're not offering the full max. And also maybe Kevin Durant considers the Knicks. Mark, what is your gut feel on this whole situation?
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't see any two players f- handling and facing free agency any differently. I think Clay Thompson, there's no question he's coming back to the Warriors. You know, I remember I talked with him last summer at an event he had in San Francisco, and he was saying, I want to be a Warrior for life. And obviously, so many things can change when it comes to contract negotiations. I know that Clay expects to be paid the max, um, but I think, you know, the Warriors have been on record saying that they will, you know, generally speaking, uh, be willing to spend money, especially the fact that they've had so much success and they're moving to Chase Center in Mission Bay in San Francisco next year where they're going to be printing money. They have the ability to absorb whatever luxury tax penalties that they will you know, be facing as a result of signing players back. Kevin Durant, you know, it's – I, throughout this season, I, I, I've always said I won't be surprised what happens, uh, whether he stays with the Warriors or if he leaves, but – Going into the season, I thought that the handicap was going to be he was going to come back to the Warriors because I think they're going to win at the NBA championship, and he wanted to experience what it's going to be like playing in Chase Center at least for a year, so he'll do another one plus one. But as the season's going on, um, you know, the Draymond incident, but I think most importantly – just how he feels around the team, my hunch is that he's going to leave, presumably to the Knicks, maybe the Clippers. And you would think that this would just be a head-scratching decision because the Warriors have such a great thing going. Ever since he's joined the team, he's won two NBA championships. He's won two finals MVPs. But clearly, that hasn't made him as happy as can be. You know, I don't want to... Pretend to know what's going on behind the scenes in terms of his private life. I can only talk about what he, he's handling professionally. And to his credit, he's been very productive as a player. But he just has seemed recently to be very distant from his teammates. Uh, you know, he makes a lot of weird, coded messages after press conferences. For example, after the loss against Boston, you know, he he was relayed to him how you know Warriors coach Steve Kerr felt like the team needs to play with more intensity, more anger, and he kind of flipped that comment around and asked rhetorically with a hint of sarcasm, Oh, I thought we'd move off of joy with this team. I thought we'd play with joy. And I couldn't help but think that he's kind of taking a dig at this whole philosophy here. When in reality, Steve's point and the organization's point has always been defensively you want to play with intensity and anger. The joy is about sharing the ball offensively and just having just this awesome outlook on you know, your work-life environment, and it just seems like he hasn't been embracing in that. Um, but that being said, th- so many things can change. At the end of the day, we're talking about all these hiccups that the Warriors are going through with DeMarcus' cousins integration consist- and inconsistency. but when you add up the math, they're, they're still the best team in the Western Conference, and I think when all is said and done in the playoffs, they will figure these things out and they'll win an NBA championship. So you wonder to what extent those set of circumstances will get him in a better mood and and help influence his decision, but the problem is no one really knows whether whether you talk to people in the Warriors or really talk to people around the league, what's going to be the driving force. So, As of now, I would handicap it to him leaving, but he could certainly uh, prove me wrong otherwise.
0: Do you think there's a lot of stress on this team? There's been a lot of incidents this year, even last week, or this week, with the Marcus Cousins against the Celtics. They have faced injuries, and then the Draymond and Kevin Durant situation. How how has this stressed out the team? How has this impacted them? <laughs>
1: You know the, the Warriors have been through so much these last four years that I don't think that they've that anything's phased them as far as inconsistency, dealing with injuries, getting everyone's best shot, yada yada yada. I think that there's no question the Draymond Kevin Durant incident, uh, you know, with their argument uh, against the Clippers in LA in November definitely had a, a trickle down effect, and you always wonder to what extent that's still in the back burner. But you know, as far as it affecting their play, I would say after maybe two weeks, that kind of became an afterthought. That's not to say they moved on and it's been completely eliminated. You never know for sure, but I think that Kevin Durant's free agency, in fairness to Kevin's productivity in the Warriors, if you're going to look at it from a bottom line uh, standpoint, it really hasn't affected them that much as far as their performances go. I think where affected things is just kind of the inner dynamics of you know, maybe Draymond's interactions with Kevin, but, you know, they've been functional enough where they've worked together well on the court. I think that the most pressing question when it comes to this is say there's a rough patch um, where maybe there's another argument that comes up for whatever reason or just another, you know, uh, another incident, uh, whether it's at the end of this season or in the playoffs where they're facing adversity. You know, they're down in series, they're trailing or you know, say it's a game seven and they're down by double digits. Do they have do they have those relationships and trust to get over that? Um, I, I don't have the answer to that, frankly. It's it's a very difficult thing to answer. Um, but I think that you know, when it comes to competing in a normal set of circumstances, I think the Warriors will be fine. So I think that's the unknown and the fascinating thing about this team is, um, you know, the, the, on one hand, that they will be fine because of the talent and experience level, but if there's another tough incident that happens i don't know if uh, if kevin and the affected parties involved could overcome that
0: and i don't think it's affected their play that much at all but they're still expected to win the title pretty easily right um so i don't i don't think this will really impact them that much but something i've been thinking about how different could this team look next year maybe andre Iguodala retires kevin durant could switch to another team. What do you think about the team next year, and could they still win the title without the, their two, two of their key guys?
1: Well, I don't think Andre Iguodala. I don't sense he's going to retire um, because he's going to be under contract for next season as well. So that question will be for the following season. But to your general point, yes, the team could look drastically different because Kevin Durant leaving drastically changes the makeup of the team. Now, you know, for the sake of just leaving all options open, if Koi Thompson leaves, all of a sudden they're a completely different team. But I think he's going to come back. But even with that, you have no Kevin Durant, you have a lot of uncertainty with which guys are even worth keeping as free agents um, with the role players with Jordan Bell. Kevon Looney, Quinn Cook, Jonas Jurepko, Alfonso McKinney. um, You know, to a man, all those individual players aren't necessarily going to be game changers, but it goes into what can the Warriors do to fill the back end of the rotation to give the Warriors kind of that strength and numbers ethos that they always talk about. And also, can they get enough young talent to develop to get the train moving? And, And so far, they've had mixed success with getting young talent and... And developing them. They've had, I think, the biggest success story has been Kevon Looney, but everyone else, it's been kind of up and down when it comes to Jordan Bell, Quinn Cook, Alfonso McKinney. You know, last year they thought that they were going to be grooming Patrick McCall uh, to have a, a long, prolific career, not necessarily as like an all-star, but at least a, a solid, dependable rotation player. But he was inconsistent in his second season, and there was a, a, a lot of weird set of circumstances with. Dallas free agency played out where you know he was uh, not happy with the Warriors and he was uh, wanting more money than the Warriors were willing to offer a young player that's been unproven Um, but I think that's going to be the most challenging thing is obviously priority number one is going to be resigning Kevin Durant but if he leaves it's not like they have the cap space to really go after any guys Uh, and DeMarcus Cousins as happy as he might be with the Warriors you do the math they signed him at $5.3 million. They can only offer him, I think, up to a 20% raise, so that gets him around $7 million, Even with all the defensive limitations in the open market, he's going to be getting a lot more money. Uh, than what the Warriors can offer. So I think you can assume that he's not going to be there. So when it comes to filling that roster, can they get decent guys with their mid-level exception to, to fill those spots? Uh, no, you can't because Kevin Durant and DeMarcus Cousins are very talented players. So it's really going to go into how well can you know the, that existing core maximize what they have with – being another year older, and then getting enough, you know, decent role players, and young players, um, to build kind of the sum greater than its parts.
0: Um, If Durant leaves, there's only one reasonable um, replacement. That's Harrison Barnes. (laughs) Joking. (laughs) Bring back the the original 2015 team. Bring back the band, yep. Get Bogut at center. But, um, yeah, I – I I think Durant will leave, most likely, and I, I think it it it's uh it's odd why he would want to go leave that situation, but I can I can see why. It would also be closer to where to his mother in Washington D.C. Um, but I don't I don't. It's whatever he wants. He's already got a few titles, so whatever pleases him, that's all right. Okay, so tomorrow they got the big showdown with the Nuggets. Top two teams in the West, and the last last time the Nuggets and the Warriors played on January fifteenth, the Warriors won one forty two to one eleven. What is your prediction on this game?
1: It could go either way. The Denver Nuggets are a good team, but my hunch is the Warriors are going to have a statement game against the Nuggets and win um, because I think the Celtics loss really bothered them and it really kind of crystallized all these different moving parts that they hadn't fully resolved. And I think because the Warriors are coming off a practice yesterday where they kind of had an aired-out meeting where you know guys expressed their views, and I think to their credit, guys you know looked at themselves in the. Years from Steve Kerr to the players on down, and uh, you know, accepted responsibility and blame for their own individual shortcomings. And said, I think that they're going to be pretty jacked and motivated to uh, to get a pretty good win. I think the question for the Warriors moving forward is, you know, not. Not how quickly they bounce back, but how well they sustain these kind of games. Because I think what you've seen with the Warriors is against quality teams, it's been a mixed bag on how much they actually bring the effort. Um, Frankly, it's been Jekyll and Hyde. Sometimes you've seen the Warriors act like these marquee nationally televised games against future playoff opponents are beneath them because it's in the regular season. And then there's been games where you think, okay, this is what the Warriors look like in the playoffs. I think you're going to see the latter against the Nuggets, but will we see the same identity that the Warriors have when they play in Houston next week? Who knows? Like, they've already lost to them three times, so maybe that motivates them, but it's just been very hard to read uh, long-term specifically in these marquee games what circumstances really gets them going, Um, but I think in the short-term, because of what happened in Boston, uh, you'll see a much different team.
0: Well, Mark, thank you for coming on my show. It's been great talking to you.
1: Yeah, likewise, it was fun. I'm really uh, humbled and honored to reach out, and uh, also that you do that. You've been following my work over the years. It means a lot.
0: Well, thanks again. And this has been my show with Mark Medina of the Mercury News. You can check out all of my shows on my website, BallTalkPod.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, and all our social media outlets. Thank you.